And the Oscar goes and to... And the Oscar goes and the Oscar to... Goes to. My only object in being here is to try and get at the truth. What shall I go? What shall I do? He's looking at you, kid. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I could have been a contender. Fasten your seat. I could have been somebody. They can only kill me with a golden bullet. What have I done? Call me Mr. Tibbs. I'm gonna make him an offer. Yeah. All real man. Love is, is Love. too weak a word. Stay back. I love you. I love you. I love you. I did as you Don't laugh! If there's something wrong, it's wrong with the instructions. This ain't reality TV! Respect it and validate it. Remember that you told me? It's time, Robbie! Welcome to the next Best Picture Podcast. And the Oscar goes to Green Book. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 175 of the Next Best Picture Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Neglia. Time of recording is 10.15 a.m. on January 5th, 2020. It is our first main show of the new year. Happy Golden Globes Day, everybody. We are going to be giving our Golden Globe predictions for tonight's show. Uh, So that's why we're recording a little bit early. We want to try and get this up as soon as humanly possible for people to listen. And then, of course, make fun of us throughout the rest of the week to uh, say how wrong we were about everything. (laughs) Joining me for this week's show i have michael schwartz hello everyone dan bear good morning casey lee clark hello josh parham hello hello and lauren Lamagna. happy golden globes day yeah absolutely so uh, on top of that it's not just the golden globes we're also going to be going over some polls we're going to give some general thoughts on the bafta nominations which are going to be revealed this week we have the wga pga dga nominations happening we're going to talk about the trailer for a quiet place part two answer some questions give an fyc pitch at the end of this podcast recording for anyone that might be listening that is a voter holy hell everything is happening all at once it's a lot <laughs> This condensed season, I think this is the month where we really all are going to feel it. Because, like, think think about this really quick, guys. Next week's episode is our final Oscar nomination prediction episode. Mm, crazy. Ooh, that's ridiculous. Nice. So, just, like, it's happening so fast. It, it's just unbelievable to me. I feel like every episode we record this month, and really we're only recording, I think, maybe three or four but they're all going to be pretty jam-packed with the most important parts of the season overall. So let's uh, get into it right away, actually. Let's get into what's going on in award season. Uh, So first things first, I I just want to start off right off the top by just acknowledging this, uh, that the American Society of Cinematographers announced their nominations uh, this week for the Best in Cinematography for 2019. Uh, The nominees there were honestly not surprising but i think that that also is not surprising either because very rarely do asc and oscars uh line up so in there they have 1917 joker ford v ferrari the irishman as well as um once upon time in hollywood so one of those i do believe is definitely dropping out at oscar and going to be replaced with some prestige art house pick of some sort does anyone have any thoughts on that i would say either ford versus ferrari or the irishman misses there because in years past Mm. we've always seen a lineup of probably four nominees from asc make it into oscar so right if one is to jump one is to drop out i would say either one of those two yeah i i think that makes the most sense i would say ford v ferrari uh maybe more so because it's not i mean it's well shot but it's not what i would call pretty it has some moments yeah you know but that's I would say there's more moments in ford versus ferrari that stick out to me compared to the irishman and they're both well shot but the irishman 
for as beautiful looking as it is, wasn't so much about shot composition and, you know, amazing new technology like Hugo. It was just, you know, a good looking movie. I think the Irishman, what, what people were responding to is more so technical in terms yeah. of those rigs that they had to build to capture, you know, the performance for the visual effects and things yeah. like that. I think it's definitely more of a niche thing than a aesthetic, oh my God, this is so pretty sort of a thing. So I, I Right, it's not silence. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there, Michael, that uh, there might be some voters who think like, well, I thought that, you know, Portrait of a Lady on Fire was more aesthetically pleasing or something along oh, those please lines. please God. Yeah, and that's the one that gets in over whichever one falls out. Yeah, I would say right now there's a high probability of four art house films that could possibly crack this lineup. Uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, The Lighthouse, Ad Astra, or... You can never discount the cinematography of a Terrence Malick film, so I'll say ahead in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. Hey, even Parasite, who knows? Yeah. You know, yeah, I was thinking about that. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That would be very cool. Speaking of very cool, Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. You guys want to get them out of the way? <laughs> Let's do it. Hi, guys. I'm Dane. And I'm Daniel. And we're from the Movie Journey Podcast. Where we break down every movie from the IMDb Top 250 list, giving our own thoughts and reviews and any general discussion along the way. We're also home of the Pod V Pod, where we battle other podcasters in various movie games and drafts. We also do reviews of new releases, film tournaments, top five lists, and talk about everything else we've watched as well. We used to be the IMDb Journey Podcast, but since then, we've grown and matured with age. Yeah, if you don't believe us, why don't you listen to some more Genuine Testimonies? Oh, hey guys, I uh, I used to like the IMDb Journey podcast, but since then I've found something even better. It's the Movie Journey podcast. Oi, bro, I know I said the IMDb Journey podcast was a good show, but the Movie Journey podcast is so much better. Absolutely for sure, yeah. You know, I used to think that nothing could be funnier than IMDb Journey, but I've now found my joy in Movie Journey podcast. The IMDb Journey podcast is nothing compared to the Movie Journey podcast. Absolutely love this podcast. <laughs> oh, amazing oh, testimonies once again. Absolutely legit and real. Of course. And if you still don't believe those testimonies, go ahead and check out the show for yourself by searching for the Movie Journey podcast. You can find us on all your favourite platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher and Podbean. So come along and join our journey. So, starting with... Best Supporting Actress, Miniseries, Television Film. Or series, I guess. They combine everything all into one. Meryl Streep in Big Little Lies, Helena Bonham Carter in The Crown, Emily Watson, Chernobyl, Patricia Arquette, The Act, Tony Collette, Unbelievable. Michael, you first. Who are you picking? I think this is going to be a fight, hopefully not to the death, between Helena Bonham Carter and Meryl Streep, both of whom are incredible on Big Little Lies and The Crown. I think I'm going to go with Helena Bottom Carter here just because she has yet to win a Golden Globe. And it's such a juicy part in season three is Princess Margaret. But Meryl Streep, oh, my God, she was turned into a gif all summer for her roles. Mary Louise on Big Little Lies. So it's going to be close. But I'm going with Helena. All right. Casey, I'm going with Meryl. I feel like when it's the Globes, they love Meryl. But I do think that Helena Bottom Carter's my like runner up. And I could definitely see that happening. I do think it's between the two of them. Okay. All right. Dan Baer. Uh, Yeah, I'm. I'm saying Meryl Streep is their like favorite person ever. I don't see why they wouldn't give it to her. Okay. All right. Lauren? Yeah, I'm on the same page. They love Meryl, so they're going to stick with what they love. And it's, again, the Golden Globes loves that star power. So I'd say Streep all the way. Okay. All righty. And Josh? I am actually going to go with Carter for this one. I agree that I think it's between her and Streep, but... 
I do feel like they are going to give it to Carter this time. And I feel the same way. I'm going with Helena Bottom Carter. Best Supporting Actor, Series, Miniseries, or Television Film, Alan Arkin for the Kaminsky Method, Method. there we go, Kieran Culkin for Succession, Andrew Scott, Fleabag, Stellan Skarsgård, Chernobyl, Henry Winkler for Barry, Michael. How could it not be Hot Priest? (laughs) (laughs) I can't can't argue with that logic there. Uh, Casey? Yeah, I feel the same way, I think. Especially in this category, Globes love like the hot new thing or whatever. Um, plus, I think that they'll want to get a leg up on the fact that Emmys didn't nominate him and they can feel mm-hmm. cool about being the one big thing from Fleabag that didn't get Emmy love. So I'm going to go mm-hmm. with that. Dan? Yeah, uh, I'm. you're not going to hear anything different from me. I think he has a good shot. Lauren? Yeah, I think Fleabag is going to be unstoppable. So... It's. I would stick with Fleabag all the time. Josh? Um, everything that Casey said, I'm picking Andrew Scott. And I, too, am picking Andrew Scott, although I'm going to caution everyone, watch out for Stellan Skarsgård for Chernobyl. Yeah. 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 I noticed that nobody on our team picked him to win. Uh, the other votes went to uh, Kieran Culkin for succession from uh, Rebecca and Ryan, but... I have this weird suspicion about Stellan Skarsgård, and I don't exactly know why. It's just this gut feeling I have. I have him ranked second, so I can definitely see that Mm -hmm. happening. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Best Actress, Miniseries or Television Film, Michelle Williams for Fosse Verdon, Helen Mirren for Catherine the Great, Merritt Weaver for Unbelievable, Caitlin Dever for Unbelievable, and Joey King for The Act. Michael. Oh, boy. This one, uh, you know, there are a lot of people I could see making it here. Michelle Williams, we know, won the Emmy but they don't always like to double dip with what the Emmys did there. Right. I'm going to predict Michelle Williams just because I'm not sure who the second place contender would be, but I could easily see a world where it's not her. I just don't know who it would be otherwise. Can I just uh, butt in really quick and say I have a feeling once you're going to hear me say this a lot. I have feelings um, (laughs) that I think it could be Joey King for the act. That would be tremendous. I mean, as much as I adore Michelle Williams performance in Fosse Verdon, the act was really well done in Joey King was phenomenal on it I, I just keep thinking about those like surprise golden globe win moments that like you know yeah. when they get up on the stage and mm-hmm. they're just like hyperventilating pretty much you know um that seems like it could be one of those moments if it were just merit weaver nominated from unbelievable i would go with her in a heartbeat because they love their new shows but yeah. i'm not sure about how she would split the vote with Caitlin Deaver. I got to shout out Daniel Howard. He's the only person I think right now that is predicting Merritt Weaver for Unbelievable. So maybe he knows something that we don't know. Uh, Casey? Um, I also have Michelle Williams. I think that when somebody is that undeniable in a TV category, I think they just run with it, kind of like Nicole Kidman in Big Little Lies last season. And I think that they they nominated the show and Sam Rockwell, so they clearly like it. And so it just makes sense to me. Yeah. Dan? I want it to be Michelle Williams. I think it's one of the best performances of the year in anything by anybody. Um, but I'm going to say I have Caitlin Deaver in second place. Ooh, okay. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, I have to say she was pretty amazing in that show. Yeah. You might say and, unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, you know she's on the radar because, like, they did nominate Beanie for Booksmart. Right. Even if they didn't nominate her, but like that could be a like sorry. Can we take a moment to acknowledge the fact that both of them will be at the show together? Uh, they need to have a moment on stage. I, I just I want that uh, so badly. Uh, or yeah. or can we get like one of those things where before they go to commercial break and they're just showing everybody mingling? Can we get a shot of them hugging or something? <laughs> oh, I would love it. 
Lauren. Yeah, I'm sticking with Michelle. They give the Globes gave her an award before. I think they'll do it again. I think they love her, and she's just again, she's un- she's undeniable. She is amazing. I think it's for best performance. I'd give her every award for this performance. Mm-hmm. Josh, I am also going with Michelle Williams. I agree that. When things are kind of undeniable, it sort of doesn't matter if the Emmys already did it. And I think Michelle Williams is pretty undeniable in Fosse Verdon. I, I think so, too. Exactly my reasoning. Uh, there just is no clear number two. And she is a steamroller, I feel like, for what is absolutely an amazing performance. So Michelle Williams all the way. Best Actor in a Miniseries or Television Film, Chris Abbott for Catch-22, Sasha Baron Cohen for The Spy, Russell Crowe for The Loudest Voice, Jared Harris for Chernobyl, and Sam Rockwell for Fosse Verdon. Michael. Okay, so I'm going to go out on a limb with this one and say Sasha Baron Cohen for The Spy. So you're predicting a Globesy Globes doing a Globesy thing yes, prediction, essentially. And he got All really right. good reviews. I know the show didn't break out in the way that uh, Netflix may have expected, mm-hmm. but People who I've talked to really enjoy it, and it just seems like something they would do. You know, if not him, I could see it being Jared Harris or even Christopher Abbott, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Casey? I have Jared Harris. Um, I think it'll be a good way to honor Chernobyl, but I could see it being either, honestly, anybody in this, but I think that some people I'm sure probably are predicting Russell Crowe because they like their star power and whatnot, but I'm going to stick with Jared Harris on this one. All right, Dan? I'm with Michael and have Sasha Baron Cohen, although it could be Jared Harris. Interesting. Okay. I think that you guys might be onto something. I don't know, but this is getting really, really interesting. Lauren. Yeah, this one I don't really know, and this is one of the ones that I'm just like, I don't know, man. But um, I could totally see Sasha now that we're talking about it, just him being him. It'll be funny. It'll be weird. So, yeah, I'm going to stick with that. I like what you guys are saying. It's been a little while since he won for Borat back in, what was it, 2005? Yeah, 2007 ceremony. 2007. 2006 wow. movie. Jeez Louise. And he just gave that great speech about Facebook and democracy. I think it was something related to the UN, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's out and about yeah, just campaigning does, in a different way. He does weird, yet kind of smart and trippy speeches, so I could really see it happening. Josh? Well, I was looking at Sasha Baron Cohen for a while, but the one thing that does trip me up is that The Spy isn't nominated for, like, limited series, uh, the top category, and so I feel like that's going to be a roadblock for him, so I am taking a big swing, and I'm actually going to say Christopher Abbott, because Catch-22 was a new show, the Emmys basically ignored it, and the Globes like to make statements to be like, hey, we recognize something that the Emmys didn't, and, mm. you know, why not? He's also mm. hot, so that's a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Josh just wants a repeat of uh, what's-his-face winning last year for Bodyguard. Yeah, that much about television, these are the things that happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sticking with Jared Harris. Spoiler, I think Chernobyl's going to win a uh, miniseries, and I they like to do pairings, I yeah. find. So I think that uh, Harris being paired up with that is, um, you know, the thing that makes the most sense to me. Um, also, too, uh, not that, you know, I would take anything ever away from when they see us, ever. But, you know, it was a close, I think, hotly contested uh, battle at the Emmys uh, over there. And um, I think that it just because... You know, he's not nominated here. You know, this is just a good way to just give both men a prize this season, you know, for what was two unbelievable pieces of work. 
So in a perfect like symmetry world, that's like what makes sense to me. <laughs> that's my reasoning too, Matt. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, best actress in a TV series, comedy, Christina Applegate, Dead to Me, Phoebe Waller-Bridge for Fleabag, Natasha Lyonne for Russian Doll, Kirsten Dunst on Becoming a God in Central Florida, and Rachel Brosnahan for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I'll just really quickly say for the record that all of the recorded predictions I have from everybody right now says that Phoebe Waller-Bridge is winning this. Dan Baer, Lauren, you're the only two I have not heard from yet. What do you guys think? I would really, really love it to be Natasha Leone because Russian Doll is so fantastic and she's so fantastic in it, but it's there's no way it's not Phoebe Waller-Bridge. It's 100% Phoebe. <laughs> she knows it. Everyone else knows it. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so we can move on from that one then. Yeah. Uh, best yeah. actor in a TV series, comedy. Ben Platt for The Politician. Paul Rudd for Living With Yourself. Uh, Rami Youssef for Rami. Bill Hader for Barry. And Michael Douglas for The Kaminsky Method. Michael. So I had said Ben Platt the other day because that seems like a really globesy thing to do. He's like yeah, a I young agree. star and they really like him. But And I'm still predicting him. But if it isn't him, there's another globesy choice here. And that's Rami Youssef. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's a show that Emmys didn't bite, at least for the first season. And the Globes could they still have enough time to get out ahead and say, hey, we were the first to recognize this, and season two is coming in May, so here you go. So Ben Platt is number one, Rami is number two. Uh, watch it be Paul Rudd for Living With Yourself. Yeah. <laughs> that would not surprise me at all. I feel like, I don't know if it was because of Hot Ones or Avengers or what it was, but just I felt like I saw a lot of Paul Rudd this year, you know? Yeah. He became a meme. Yeah, basically, look at us. Who would have thought? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> uh, you know that's going to be used if he wins tonight. <laughs> 100%. All right. Casey? I have Bill Hader for Barry right now, even though I'm not confident in any way. And the more I look at this, the more I'm like, it's Ben Platt. I don't know what I'm <laughs> thinking. <laughs> but I, I'm just going to stick with it also because that's what I have on the site. And I was like, I'm just sticking with it. That's my my thing. But I actually could see it being Paul Rudd because that feels like a very globesy thing to do of like picking the star who's on a show that not a lot of people watched. So I'm sticking with Bill Hader. It's probably Ben Platt, but it could honestly be any of them. Okay. All right. Dan? It is Ben Platt. Oh, okay. (laughs) Except if it's Paul Rudd. (laughs) All right. Lauren? I did originally have Hater, but now I'm definitely on Rudd's bandwagon. I want that to happen. So, yeah, I'm all Paul Rudd, but it's probably Ben Platt. And Josh? Yeah, Ben Platt is like the very typical Golden Globes choice. It's the new show. He's the hot young star. I would go with Rami, but that show didn't get into series. And so because of that, I am going to stick with Ben Platt. It's never a bad rule to follow. I I have to admit to that. (laughs) Yeah, I, I too, am going with Ben Platt for uh, the reasons that were stated. It's like Bill Hader. uh, We've been here. We've done that. Um, I feel that Globes tend to, you know, move on either if they get a chance to acknowledge it early, uh, but they don't tend to do makeup wins or anything like that. You know what I mean? So or repeats for that matter. It's like mm-hmm. you're hot and you're new and they get in there right away with you. And if they don't, they just move on. And 
So uh, I'm gonna go. St- I'm gonna stick with Ben Platt, but Paul Rudd is actually my number two for uh, a lot of the reasons that we mentioned. And yeah. Lauren, uh, this is one of those situations where if you're right, uh, you're the only one predicting him, so you'll get a nice leg up on the rest of us here if that happens. <laughs> the other thing with Ben Platt is that he's the only person nominated in this category who does both musical and comedy work in the show. He has a lot of singing in The Politician. Yeah. All right. Even sing Sondheim at one point and then never heard. Well, Everybody's singing Sondheim this year. Seriously. Best Actress, TV Series, Drama, Jennifer Aniston for The Morning Show, Jodie Comer for Killing Eve, Nicole Kidman for Big Little Lies, Reese Witherspoon for The Morning Show, and Olivia Coleman for The Crown. Michael. I'd say this is easily Jennifer Aniston. Easily. Easily. Oof. Casey, is it that easy? I have her in second place, and I know that it makes so much sense with the Globes. I'm going with Olivia Coleman for the crown because I think that they know an Olivia Coleman moment. <laughs> and I think that, that you can't deny that. I think also I don't have the crown winning anywhere else, spoiler alert. And so I think that that'd be a good place to honor that. And they like her. I do think that Jennifer Aniston is the next best option because that feels very globesy. But I don't, I got I have Olivia Coleman feeling. So I'm sticking with it. The Coleman moment as you call it, like happening on stage is a very, I think, possibly good call for like reasoning uh, to just have an excuse to have her get up there again, you know? Yeah. I mean, she was great at the Globes last year and who can ever forget that wonder- wonderful drunken Oscar speech. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Oh, she's the best. <laughs> Love her. Dan? Um, so I was going to say Jennifer Aniston because it does feel very Globesy and they clearly loved the morning show yeah but i can't like there could be vote splitting with reese and i just can't shake out of my head the idea that they're going to go with the pretty young thing and give it to jody comer oh yeah i mean emmy winner you know yeah could happen totally I, i i would not be surprised if something like that were to happen Okay. Lauren? Yeah, I was thinking, Jody, because Killing Eve is so good, and they do follow the Emmys, and she's young, and she's up and coming, and she is about, she's mm. like hitting everything. But then yeah. Jennifer Aniston is such a star, and they're definitely going to make something about like her and Brad Pitt being in the same room together again, and just having her make decent, she makes really good speeches, and she is just such a ray of sunlight. So I don't, I don't see anyone beating her here. Okay. All right. Josh? Yeah, Jennifer Aniston winning is like the most Globes thing that they could possibly do. So I I don't know if I'm easily on the side with Michael, but I feel like she's very much out in front to win. I definitely understand the uh, reasoning behind Aniston, which, uh, which is why I'm picking her for it being a way to acknowledge the morning show, uh, like what was said, a show that they clearly liked, uh, even if you know, a lot of critics were a little mixed on it. So that is something I could definitely see happening for all the reasons that were uh, stated in her favor. Best actor, TV series, drama, Brian Cox, Succession, Kit Harrington, Game of Thrones, Rami Malek for Mr. Robot, Tobias Menzies for The Crown, Billy Porter for Pose. Michael. This is an interesting one because I'm going to predict Billy Porter, who won the Emmy for Pose, but I could easily see it being Tobias Menzies or Brian Cox. Sure. Yeah. So I, I'm saying Billy Porter just by a hair, 
But Tobias Menzies, you know, if they want to give the crown another award, assuming Helena wins, or if they want to be the first to reward Brian because succession is huge right now, mm-hmm. you know, it, it could go mm-hmm. either way. It's not going to happen, but it would be so funny to me if Kit Harrington won and he's just so surprised and so shocked yeah. because honestly, like nobody expects him to win. And he just gets up on to the microphone and he just says his famous line from the show. I don't want it. He doesn't want it. <laughs> I would die. Wife, and then if his wife's there, she'll just be like, you know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but how fun would it be to have another award season with Rami Malek? <laughs> don't. PTSD flashbacks. <laughs> I have to say, the final season of that show was pretty amazing. So, but uh, yeah, I don't see those two factoring in at all. I did. I definitely think it's the other three that are in the contention there, Michael. Uh, Casey, who are you going with? I have Brian Cox winning as a pair with drama series. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, and it just, it seems like the kind of thing that they would do also because Pose didn't get into drama series, which is why I'm not going with Billy Porter, but I do think that he's right up there. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Dan? Yeah, it should be Billy Porter, but that's not happening. The the Globes will not go there. Um, I I do think it's going to be Brian Cox as a way through award succession, the the cast of succession. Sure. Lauren? Yeah, I'm in the same category with Brian. I think succession is incredible it's crazy it's everyone that i know who watches it loves it and the same reason for pose not getting into best drama so i don't think porter would do it so i think it's i think it's brian's one and josh parm and i agree with all the logic of picking brian cox that is my pick as well nice okay very good uh i too am picking brian cox uh for the reasons that you know, were stated. I feel like the first season of Succession was definitely one of those things where um, it was acclaimed, it was good, but it just flew under the radar and it took a while for people to really, really catch up on what was going on with that show. And its release, like when the seasons are coming out, are usually at the end of uh, of an award season. So it's like a whole year gap until the next one. So, you know, it feels like Globes will be able to jump on the second season early. And then, you know, we have to wait all the way until the end of the summer for the Emmys to see if they can catch up and reward the second season. But I think Globes could definitely get the ball rolling here. Yeah, you, actually, you know what? You've swayed me. I'm going to go with Brian Cox. <laughs> oh, there you go. Cool. All right. I'm going to make a note of Michael's change. I love that we can do this sort of thing, change each other's minds. Thinking about it now, Billy Porter was nominated last year at the Globes and didn't win. For some reason, I'm thinking this is still the first season that they're picking up on the show. Yeah. So they missed the ball. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, they had their shot. Now the question is, will they, you know, but I I, I don't know. I do feel like Succession has a a lot of heat behind it right now. Miniseries or television film. Uh, Okay, so literally everybody is picking Chernobyl. Dan, Lauren, anything different? No. I think it might be Fosse Verdon. Are you officially saying that? I just to be different from everyone, yes. Oh. Do it. <laughs> I think it's Chernobyl. I think it's fantastic. I think it's crazy. And again, everyone's just everyone who I know who saw it all saw it in at most two days. Like they all binged it and they loved it and were traumatized by it and they were talking about it for weeks. So I, I clean win there. Dan, what's the feeling for Fosse Verdon? Starry stars. That's Michelle's one. And but also like it's just it was really good. They 
like movie stars playing movie stars. Okay. And I, it definitely, like, Chernobyl is definitely my number two. I'm mostly just saying it to be different. <laughs> all right, all right. I don't like that, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm covering my bases. And Dan, I- let me ask you this question. Is Fleabag winning best television series comedy? Oh, absolutely. Lauren? Yeah. All right, so the nominees there are Barry, Fleabag, the Kaminsky Method, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Josh Parham. Why are you picking the politician? <laughs> Ryan Murphy. Yeah, okay. So my logic here is that I actually think that Fleabag doing so well at the Emmys actually might work against it here because the Globes love to reward something that the Emmys ignored, but I don't think they really like doing something that the Emmys already picked because they don't like to follow the Emmys. They like to make their own path. And I think when you've got The Politician, which is a Ryan Murphy project, and it's the shiny new thing, and there's there's probably already going to be a Ben Platt win to it. It just feels like that's the terrible decision that we all are going to bemoan, but then we're going to think about it and be like, well, that's the Globes for you. I mean, what did they give it to last year? The Kaminsky method? Yeah, yes, it, yes, it was. It was a Kaminsky, yes. Yeah, I mean, and I know that that show has fans, but I don't think it's widespread appeal. So I'm going with the politician for the crazy Globes choice that nobody agrees with, but we all understand. It could definitely happen. Yeah. Underestimate Ryan Murphy at your peril. All right. Best television series drama. Big Little Lies, The Crown, Killing Eve, The Morning Show, Succession. Michael. I say The Morning Show. Interesting. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, I could definitely see it happening. It's that new show, right? You know, Apple TV Plus, new on the market. It's not only the new show. Yeah, yeah the new streaming platform. Right. Yeah. Anywhere. And that's a show that even though the narrative is that it got mixed reviews, the thing is, a lot of critics really did have their knives out for Apple TV Plus. And those first three episodes are definitely the weakest in the season. But then as people went on to watch the rest of the show, episodes four through ten, it really picked up. And a lot of people really jumped on board and calling it one of the best shows of the last half of the year. So I think when you see season two of The Morning Show, you're going to see people responding in a much different way. Interesting. Okay. All right. I, 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 you know what? I don't find any holes in that logic. I actually think it's a good prediction overall. Uh, Casey, what do you think? I have succession winning. I think for the reasons that you said about like, while they don't normally like award second season shows, unless the first season was kind of like really under the radar and they can be the first ones to give it that full drama series prize. Plus I have Brian Cox winning. So it, pairs up but i do think that the morning shows right up there because that feels very globesy so yeah i think it's between those two yeah and and you know if you have cox winning or aniston winning you know which one's going to get paired up with the show winning you know so i totally understand the split there dan um i it's succession or the morning show i i'm tempted to say the morning show just because i feel like it really overperformed with the nominations, but I could definitely see it being succession and there being like, um, you know, like, we got this before everyone else did sort of thing. So I'm marking you down for the morning show. Yeah. All right. Lauren. Yeah. It's between those two for two very different reasons and do very different narratives. But, um, the more I think about it and the more I think about golden globes, the more I am turning towards the morning show, even though, on like on paper succession probably should win if I was being like smart and like what's the better program but thinking globes I'm definitely thinking more towards 
morning show, especially with Jennifer Aniston winning. I think it's, I'm not sold on it, but I'm definitely like leaning more towards it as time's going on. All right. All right. Josh? I am going with Succession. Um, I really do feel like the Globes really would want to say, hey, look, Emmys, you ignored this show while we awarded it. It feels like something they'd want to do. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Succession. Okay. And I, too, am going with Succession. Uh, I just think it's one of those things where it is objectively, like, the best show amongst the uh, nominees here. And not, like, overall, but just, like, in the moment, buzz-wise, you know? Uh, but man, oh man, the arguments that are being made for the morning show right now, I don't know if I can deny that. And I'm very extremely tempted to switch my prediction over. I'm going to uh, – no, I'll, I'll stick with Succession for now. I can just hear that Succession theme playing as they go up to the mm-hmm. podium. Oh, God bless you, Nicholas Patel. God bless you. <laughs> Film. Uh, best foreign language film: The Farewell, Les Misérables, Pain and Glory, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Uh, we'll all lose to Parasite. Yes. Yeah. 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 We don't need to talk about it. Okay. Best animated feature: Frozen Two, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, The Lion King, Missing Link, Toy Story Four. Michael. I think Toy Story Four. All righty, Casey. I also have Toy Story Four. Dan. Frozen Two. Oh, okay. All right. I see you. <laughs> Only because of recency bias. Mm. That's true. Lauren. I have Frozen 2 as well because it came out, again, the most recent. And I feel like they go towards the more most showy film for animated. And then I see Frozen 2 being that at the mm. current moment. Okay. Josh? Um, you know, I actually don't remember what I sent you, Matt. Y- so you said Toy Story 4. I did? Um, yes. See, the thing about this category is that Toy Story uh, like Toy Story Frozen and How to Train Your Dragon have all been previously rewarded by the Globes. So right. It's not like I can look to see, okay, well, which one have they not done in the past? Because like the top three they've all done. And I think I'm going to stick with Toy Story 4, but I also have a feeling about How to Train Your Dragon. I, I'm not sure, but right now I'm, I'm going to still stick with Toy Story 4. My gut feeling is I have this crazy idea it might be the lion king okay i was gonna say say that yeah that would be the ultimate fuck you to disney and i would love it like epic level trolling i would be here for it i would kind of love it too because then it would really also throw a wrench into this category and not help us at all which would be fun yeah so I, I currently have Toy Story 4 predicted. I'm tempted because that's what my brain says. Um, and my heart definitely does not say The Lion King. But just for the lulls, <laughs> I the might lulls. just switch it over. Yeah. The lulls can be such lulls. a lulls. I think that if I lost my body were nominated here, I would be picking that, believe it or not. Yeah, maybe. But for all the reasons that you said before, though, um, well, everyone just said about rewarding, you know, Frozen, How to Train Your Dragon in the Toy Story series beforehand. I mean, can we do a quick fact check really fast? Um, have they uh, previously rewarded a sequel, uh, like an original film and its sequel? I don't believe. I mean, I think Toy Story, the originals won in like the comedy series, like the proper ones because they didn't have an animated feature. That meant, yes. Toy Story yeah, 2 did. Yes. Toy Story 2 did, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if that counts. Uh, you know what? Maybe they just love Toy Story 4. Maybe the same voters are still around. You know, from 1999. <laughs> and uh, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with Toy Story 4, but my god, The Lion King winning would be hysterical to me. That would be <laughs> my ass off when they I announced it in that. the nominees. Like, I yeah. Oh, that. yeah, me too. <laughs> and I just can't imagine John Favreau going up there and being so mad. <laughs> <laughs> the entire after show, our reaction podcast will literally just be about that. <laughs> Best original song, Beautiful Ghosts from Cats, I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocket Man, Into the Unknown from Frozen 2, Spirit, The Lion King, or Stand Up from Harriet. Michael. So I don't even love Rocket Man that much, but I adore that song. And I don't see how you nominate the Elton John movie, the performance of an actor playing Elton John, and then don't give the song award to the subject of that movie you love so much. That, I, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, Casey? Here's the thing. I don't think that logic's wrong. And I do think that I can very well see it being the Rocketman song. They love Elton, yada, yada. This is the Globes. This is Beyonce <laughs> versus Taylor Swift. I don't think we understand the significance of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't think they're going to go with Taylor Swift because I don't know if they want to be the one major award show that's going to award cats. So I'm going with Spirit to have Beyonce up on stage. But I think it's between those three, genuinely. Okay. All right. Dan. Hey, Elton John. Okay. Lauren. Okay. I'm. If everyone's doing that, I'm going to be ballsy and do Frozen 2 with Into the Unknown just because ooh, ooh. the double E god... They won last time, and it's not the best song in the movie, but it is still a good song, and I think the Globes think that's their front runner for the Oscar for this category, so I see them catapulting that. Josh? I am going to go with the Rocket Man song and Elton John. Yeah, I, I'm going to stick with that as well. Um, it, it's something that I feel is one of those um, stars aligning kind of moments where, you know, it's just such a good pairing of you know, artist with actor. And I, I do think the song is good on its own, like Michael said. Uh, and, you know, you can't deny the fact that it was also nominated for, uh, you know, actor and for uh, best picture. I think that that helps to give it a leg up all the other uh, nominees listed here. But the one I would watch out for the most definitely is uh, Queen Beyonce, just because <laughs> uh, for spirit. Yeah. The, the thing about Beyonce is that even though she wasn't the Beyonce that she is now back in 2006 when she was nominated for song for dream girls for listen, which probably should have won. She was up against Aretha Franklin, Mary J. Blige and Prince Prince ended up winning. Yeah. So I, I guess that, you know, Taylor Swift is the new Aretha Franklin, maybe, but I, I that, that, listen, here's the thing with that. Okay. I, if cats actually got a best picture nomination in musical comedy, I would be more inclined to go with that here. Yeah. Uh, once again, as a globes, like kind of a troll moment, but it didn't. And I just feel that that song, the fact that it didn't even make the Oscar shortlist is like insane to me. I, I, I can't, I, I just can't see that happening. I, I, I think, yeah, I think there are some things that are even, if you can believe it, too embarrassing for the Golden Globes to do. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the one to really watch out for uh, is actually the one I'm predicting currently for the Oscar, and that is uh, Stand Up uh, from Harriet. Yeah. Just because Cynthia Revo, you got, you know, it's, we'll see. That's so funny. I don't even have it uh, in for an Oscar nomination, but we can talk more about that next week. Sure, absolutely. Best original score. 1917, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, Motherless Brooklyn. Michael. 1917. Okay. Casey. Yeah, I have 1917. I have a feeling it's going to, I think, like sweep the season and be that like constant score winning all those big awards. Dan Bear. 
I want to say 1917, but it would also, I feel like it would be very Globes to give it to Randy Newman. Mm. <laughs> so you're going with? Uh, I'm going with 1917. Okay. Dan, you should have just said you're going with Newman and make Matt keep asking. Yeah, Newman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren? <laughs> right now I'm still 1917, but I have this weird feeling that Joker's going to overperform and exceed our expectations. So, again, I'm not locked in on it, but I am on 1917 right now. But just in general for the Globes, just be, watch out for Joker, guys. There was a point where I had Joker winning three Golden Globes and score was one of them. It's the watch out for it. So yeah, I, I would say that is the number two in this category uh, for sure. And also too, Hildur, um, you know, being an international star uh, could carry weight with the Foreign Journalists Association, you know. So, I mean, mm-hmm. we'll have to, I don't know. It's it, it's a tough one. Could it be the beginning of a sweep for Newman? Or will they reward um, someone new on the scene that really broke out this year with also, remember, Chernobyl? So something else to watch out for. Josh? Yeah, I agree that I think 1917 is winning, but I am keeping an eye on Joker because that seems like a very likely possibility as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little surprised that 1917 hasn't you know, done better with critics groups. And it makes me wonder with a large enough like sample size, how it does do, you know, with uh, another body like the Globes or even critics choice. And, you know, it's like, it doesn't seem like the steamroller that I thought it would be just because of the project, um, Newman's career trajectory, never having won an Oscar before it being a best picture nominee. It's like all the ingredients are there for him to win his first Oscar. Why are we not jumping on it? (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) So... Who knows? Um, I think this will be a big, big test, though, uh, to see how strong he really, really is. Agree. Best screenplay. Whew. The Irishman, Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite, The Two Popes. Michael. I have no idea here. I think <laughs> <laughs> really, I think everything is in contention, all five. So... Oh, God. At 11 o'clock on Sunday morning, I'm going to say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But I could also see it being Parasite or The Two Popes or Marriage Story, which we think might win an Oscar. Uh, I'm really not sure. Casey, help him out. What do you got? I have Marriage Story, but I think that literally any of them could win, which is kind of how I feel every year about screenplay at the Globes because they combine Mm. them and you're kind of just all of them make sense to win here. So I'm just going to go with the one that I think is most likely to win Oscar, which is Marriage Story, but I genuinely think it could be any of them. All right. Dan? Uh, Okay. So so here's my thing. Like, I would say Parasite, but I just don't think the HFPA is that cool. Um, So I think they're going to go with the most international seeming one which is the two popes interesting that's a good call i mean considering how well it did do with uh the nominations here you would think that they would give it something somewhere mm-hmm. so okay all right i'll ride that logic for a bit lauren See, for me, it's between tarantino and Bombback, but i loved marriage story and 
the screenplay is my favorite part of that movie. And I do see Noah winning the Oscar. So even though I know like probably Tarantino is the more globesy choice, I can't change Bombax. I just, I love that script so much. So I'm going to stick with it, but I do know in a globes world, I can see Tarantino getting up there again. Josh. Yeah, I do agree that I could really see any one of these movies winning this award, but I also look at the fact that Tarantino has won in this category twice before. They really do like him. They've given him director nominations too when that hasn't translated. So I feel like with Hollywood being so popular anyway with this uh, with the Globes, I feel like he's going to take screenplay. They're campaigning a lot. Mm-hmm. Those guys. I... I want it to be Marriage Story. I'm resisting the urge to pick it because I want it to happen. I want to use my head and say Tarantino. The thing is that, to your point, Josh, he's won this category uh, twice before. And he, you know, I just wonder if at a certain point, if what, why I know they don't vote like this, but why can't this category just be the consolation prize for Noah and Tarantino can have a shot to win elsewhere or his film win elsewhere? You know what I mean? It's like. I don't know if I see the Golden Globes going so all out for Hollywood that it wins like up to four or five awards on the night. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just look at the fact that they just really like him and they've given him awards in this category before. Yeah. Like like Aaron Sorkin when he won for like Steve Jobs, shockingly. They exactly. They love mm-hmm. Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. I – wow. Um – this is my first really, really hard one to choose between with Marriage Story and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, because if I don't pick Marriage Story, I don't have that film winning anywhere else. So, uh, you know, I'll hedge my bets and I'll stick with Marriage Story just in case if things, you know, spread. Uh, but obviously that could very well not happen. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood could sweep the evening. So we'll see. Oh, my God, that's a really tough one. Best Supporting Actress. Kathy Bates, Richard Jewell, Annette Benning, The Report, Laura Dern, Marriage Story, Jennifer Lopez, Hustlers, Margot Robbie for Bombshell. Michael. You know, this is the narrative we're talking about at the Globes, Dern versus J-Lo, and I got to say J-Lo here. Okay. Casey? I'm sticking with Laura Dern only because Hustlers didn't show up anywhere else, and I would feel much more confident about picking J-Lo for that fact. But I do think that I can very well see that happening. But I'm going to stick with Dern also as a way to honor Marriage Story in one of the bigger categories. Okay. All right. Dan. Okay. So um, I, it, uh, it's going, I think it's going to be Laura Dern or Margot Robbie. And I'm saying Margot Robbie. Oh, okay. Interesting. They like their pretty young things. They like to be the first. They would be the first ones to award her for anything. I don't think she actually won a big awards thing for Itania, um, and it's a great performance. Okay, all right. So Margot Robbie coming up uh, with shocking win between Lopez and Dern. All right. Yeah. Hey, listen. If you get it right, you know, kudos to you. Like I could see either of the other narratives happening too. That it is J Lo because it's the Globes being the Globesiest thing and that you know it going for the full star power or i could see it you know this is the beginning of laura dern's just like sweep year 
Yeah. Any of those things could happen. Yeah. And, you know, you and I, Dan, were, I think, the first ones to call Robbie for Bombshell early on. But just in the way that that film has performed uh, this season, I, I've, I've had to move off of it uh, because it didn't do as well as I thought it was going to do, especially here, uh, mm-hmm. which is funny because – uh, you know, I'm sorry, I'll get back to the rest of you in a second here. I, I'm going with Lopez, and that makes like no sense based on what I just said, because that's the only nomination for her film. But there is something to be said for A, the star power, B, it's good performance, and C, she's really, really campaigning hard for it. You could tell that she really, really wants it. So uh, what do you think there, Lauren? So in reality, it should be Laura Dern. Is she going to end up winning the Oscar? Yes. Is she probably going to end up getting majority of these awards? Yes. In my opinion, I would vote for Margot Robbie, but we all know this is J-Lo's night. She knows this is where she has the highest opportunity. She is the mega star power. This is where she's probably going to, I think, only win. And I think she's going to take it. She's going to enjoy it. She's going to look great. She's going to bring her hot boyfriend. It's going to be fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Josh? Uh, I... I really would go with J-Lo if Hustlers had any other nomination, but her being the sole representation just really gives me a lot of pause. And for that, I am going with Laura Dern as the start of her sweep through the season. Okay. Supporting actor time. Michael, we have Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes, Al Pacino for The Irishman, Joe Pesci also for The Irishman, and Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. What do you think? I would say this is where Brad Pitt begins his march to glory, but he already has an MBR, so I'll just say he continues. <laughs> he also has an Oscar, people. Let's not forget yes. that. Not for acting. An Oscar is an Oscar. I agree. <laughs> I agree. He's going to follow the Michael Douglas track where he wins for producing, mm-hmm. then acting. Yep. Casey? I also have Brad Pitt. I think it makes the most sense. Plus, they loved this film. It's a great place to honor it, so it just makes the most sense to me. Dan. I agree it's Brad Pitt, but I would say watch out for Pacino. Yeah. Lauren. I agree. I'm still on Pitt, but yes, watch out for Pacino. But it's Pitt, and especially if um Bombback ends up winning the screenwriting one, I think this would be a good place for Hollywood to get it. And God, he's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> he's just so pretty. Josh Parham. Uh, I co-sign that entire statement. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, too, think that this is where uh, Brad Pitt uh, gets a win. I I have to say I've been resisting the urge to predict Pitt all this time because, A, I really don't think it's an amazing performance. I understand it's like more of a charisma uh, sort of a thing and star power and just presence, screen presence. Um, And I know I've struggled with that with other performances in this category in the past as well and it's like bit me in the ass multiple times so this is the year where i'm not letting that happen i'm picking pit and i want to give a shout out to amanda spears who is the only person on the island picking joe pesci i kind of hope that she's right because god help me do i want to see a joe pesci speech this season at some point <laughs> that would be a moment it would all righty Best Actress, Musical or Comedy, Aquafina for The Farewell, Anna de Armas for Knives Out, Kate Blanchett, Where'd You Go, Bernadette, Beanie Feldstein for Booksmart, Emma Thompson for Late Night. Michael. I'm going to go with Anna de Armas for Knives Out. Oh, mm. okay. Love it. I like it. What do you think, Casey? I'm going with Aquafina, but I do think the Anna de Armas thing is not a bad call either. I think it's gonna it's between the two of them um, for like, you know, 
hot newcomer on the scene. And they're also both great performances, but I'm going to go with Aquafina because it seems more likely Oscar nominee. And sometimes they go for that over just sheer, like hot star power thing. So mm-hmm. one thing to consider is, uh, you know, the farewell is nominated for their foreign language film prize. Wasn't eligible for musical or comedy. And the thing I keep coming back to time and time again is, you know, would we be more inclined to go with Aquafina if it was in a musical comedy uh, category? Cause knives out had a great showing showing up uh, mm-hmm. for both her mm-hmm. Craig and musical comedy. So I think that's the, that's the deliberation. Dan, what do you think? Where are you falling on this one? Oh God. I really think it could be any of them. Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> don't ask me. <laughs> Dan, um, you need I'm, to choose. <laughs> I know. Um, I, in the words of, Emperor Palpatine, you must choose. <laughs> that that sounded like Yoda, um, but <laughs> I, you know what, <laughs> y'all are gonna think I'm crazy. <laughs> it's too late. But how cute would it be to see Beanie Feldstein and Ben Platt win Golden Globes on the same night? Uh, that would be adorable. So Caitlin Deaver, imagine. Yeah, so I'm gonna say Beanie. <laughs> I th- there's no logic to this at all. Just a a gut feeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be a great moment. I would be so inclined to like entertain this idea if um if Booksmart had gotten in for pitch. N- no, not just that, but also if Elsie uh, Fisher had uh, won for eighth grade. Uh, yeah. To me, it feels like a very similar uh, spot this year sure. for Beanie Feldstein. So, uh, righty, Lauren. Yeah, I'm going with Aquafina because she needs it. In, in my like the most general, honest opinion, she needs this win to still be in the talk, and especially I agree. for the farewell basically being disqualified for being put in the foreign category because because there's no way anything but Parasite's going to win there. So I think Aquafina needs it. I would be great if she gets it, and I think the farewell also in general kind of needs it. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you. I also, you know, at, at, for entertaining TV's sake, I think Aquafina would make a hell of a great speech and a great yeah. moment should mm-hmm. she get up there. Uh, oh, yeah. But also at the same time, another thing that I keep coming back to time and time again is just her narrative of being the first uh, Asian woman to be nominated for Best Actress, possibly at the Oscars. It's something that... It'd be great. I'm just wondering in the back of my mind if there is this love for the farewell, passionate love, mind you, that we're not really seeing so much in the guilds, but it could potentially materialize in something on Oscar nomination morning somewhere. You know what I mean? So, th- like you said, this is a way for her to stay possibly in in the hunt for that. So, we'll see. Uh, Josh? I go back and forth between Ana de Armas and Aquafina. I think both of them make very strong cases for themselves, but I also agree with the logic that when in doubt, I think the Globes do default to whoever is in the better position for the Oscar. And I do think that is Aquafina. So that's my prediction. Yeah, I have the exact same uh, logic behind that as well. All right. Best actor, musical comedy. Oh, boy. Daniel Craig and Knives Out, Leonardo DiCaprio Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Taron Egerton for Rocket Man, Roman Griffin Davis for Jojo Rabbit, and Eddie Murphy for Dolomite is my name. Michael. This is a really tough one. I could see it being between Taron, Eddie, and Leo. But I'm going to stick with Taryn. Nice. 
Nice, Michael. Love it. <laughs> Casey. First off, I'm just going to say this is my favorite, like, body of nominees in a category probably yeah. this entire season I, and it's yeah. what I like about the Globes I know that we argue the semantics of what is a comedy or musical and Globes will Globes but I like that they do things like this and I think this category is great that being said I'm going with Eddie Murphy for the star power thing the comeback narrative plus it got into um, best comedy or musical film so it makes sense I do think it also is between him Taron and Leo they could check off the box of Hollywood and just give it to Leo Taryn could be having a moment. He's campaigning the hell out of this, but I'm going to go with Eddie. And let's not forget that SNL uh, yeah. night that he had as well. That was really, really big, I think. Yeah. Dan. Taryn. He checked okay. every box. Yeah, I'm on Taryn's bandwagon. I think he has been campaigning the shit out of this movie and this journey that he's on. And, you know, the, everyone's in the room. Like, Eldon's there. He's there. The film's there. And I think this, again, he also needs it, in my opinion. And it would be really cute and awesome and sweet if he won. So I want, I want it to happen as well, but I do also think it'll happen. Josh Parham. I agree with the top three contenders. I wouldn't be shocked with any of them winning, but I am also going to say Taron. Uh, as has been noted, he has been campaigning very, very hard. It's kind of reminding me of... Aaron Taylor Johnson for Nocturnal Animals um, in terms of just the campaign that's going on. And I I feel like that's a really like classic kind of a win in this category, too. So I'm going with Taryn. I agree. I agree for all the reasons that you just said. I'm going with Taryn Egerton as well. And God help me, I really hope it helps to materialize uh, in an Oscar nomination for him. Because once again, if y'all were willing to give it to Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody, what the fuck, people? <laughs> mm-hmm. Best Actress in a Drama, Cynthia Revo for Harriet, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, Saoirse Ronan for Little Women, Charlize Theron for Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger for Judy. Now, listen, everybody is predicting Renee Zellweger for Judy. Dan, Lauren, are you guys doing anything different here? No, I've been a fan of Renee for Judy since that movie came out, so I'm going to stick with it. I I agree. Like, I... I think it's going to be Renee. However, Scarlet would not surprise me. Same thing. Same yeah. thing as well. I, I'm hoping for a shakeup here. You know, I picked mm-hmm. Renee kicking and screaming, but it seems likely given how this season has started. But remember what happened last year. Exactly. Another thing to also just keep in mind, I think with Renee right now, where the race stands, um, I think it's wise to predict that Renee will sweep right now. Mm-hmm. until she doesn't. Yep. I agree. And if she doesn't, I would say this. If the person that beats her at any show, literally any one of these shows, Critics' mm-hmm. Choice, Golden Globe, SAG, BAFTA, if she loses one of them to anyone and that person has a Best Picture nomination, I would say pick that person to win the Oscar. Yeah, yeah. I think that Renee only wins the Oscar if she does sweep the season. And that's what I'm betting on right now just because it doesn't really feel like... I. I I would agree that Scarlett is the number two, but I haven't really gotten she's a sense. She's not campaigning. She's, yeah, there just doesn't really seem to be a concentrated effort to like mm-hmm. make her the solid number two. So mm-hmm. for that, I still think that Renee is probably going to sweep, but I would really watch out for anything that Scarlett picks up along the way. And I want to give a shout out to Daniel Howitt really quick for predicting this super, super early, and he's had a gut feeling about it. And I do think we're starting to see it 
happen, although it might be too late in the season, Saoirse Ronan could come in at the very, very end. I can see it happening. Mm-hmm. I can totally awesome. see it happening. I have a full theory. <laughs> I, I've got my notes. I'm like, I understand that. Yeah. And as so, we say that, yeah. news is coming out as we record right now with box office. Little Women hit $60 million this weekend. Wow. Amazing. That is really something else. So people are catching on. They're discovering this movie a little later than we would have liked. So right. we'll see how that translates to Oscars. But yeah, I think there is a path of things clear out the way that they need to. I mean, she's not going to win SAG because she's not nominated there. But if she got, like, say, a BAFTA nomination and, you know, shockingly, mm-hmm. you know, won there, it's like, you know, th- these are the things that can happen. So just watch out. Best actor in a drama, Christian Bale for Ford v. Ferrari, Antonio Banderas for Painting Glory, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, and Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. Michael? Oh, I think Joaquin is undeniable here. Okay. Casey? Yeah, I think this is, without a doubt, the place for Joaquin to win. Dan? It's Joaquin or Adam, and I'm going with Joaquin. Lauren? Yeah, same. For this category, it's always going to be between Adam and Joaquin, but I think Joaquin is sealed here. Watch out for that clown. I'm telling you, that's the theme of the night for me. Yeah. I'm just watching the clown. Josh? Uh, I'm going to say Joaquin and just leave it at that. Uh, I'm going to say Joaquin. Uh, listen, I'm looking at the critics wins right now. Adam Driver is killing it with 27 wins so far this season. I just this is just one of those things where I, I just think there was a divide between critics and the industry. And what else needs to be said? Right, Josh? So there you go. Send yeah, what it is. Down. <laughs> <laughs> Best director. Bong Joon-ho for Parasite, Sam Mendes for 1917, Todd Phillips for Joker, Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, and Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Michael, Jesus, Uh, you have the uh, lucky uh, chance to go first. (laughs) Yeah, really? Uh, Oh, my. I had said Martin Scorsese the other day. He's one for Hugo. He won for The Departed. And gangs. Yes, gangs in New York. Who could forget? Uh, and didn't he win for the Aviator too? Am I making that no, up? no, not that year no, for Globes. No, that was Clint. Yeah. Oh, that, okay, I thought that was like something that came much. But later. Globes do love him. Mm-hmm. Yes, the Globes love Marty and director, yet they've never given his movie a win in Best Picture. So if they want to give him another here, that would make sense to me. But then you also have Quentin Tarantino, who is totally gunning for Best Director win, and they clearly love that movie, so why not him? And then you also have Bong Joon-ho, who's not even eligible in Best Picture, and this could be the place to reward him. So I am totally conflicted. Oh, my and, goodness. You know, uh, to be honest, you know, just to also give a little bit of, uh, you know, ammunition to the other nominees here, Joker could be in for a crazy sweep evening. I'm just saying. Know, I, but <laughs> And then also Sam Mendes kind of reminds me a little bit of something like in Yari 2 coming in at the last minute with The Revenant and that film then winning. Uh, Yeah, this is really hard. So here's what I'm going to do. I had said Scorsese the other day. Mm -hmm. I'm going to back off of that and I may change my mind later this afternoon. (laughs) But even though I totally think he can do it, I'm going to predict Bong Joon-ho for this. Okay. All right. Casey? I'm picking Scorsese because I feel like if I pick Bong, I'm going to jinx myself. 
And I weirdly see Tarantino winning screenplay more than director, even though I do think that it's very possible. I also, I, this is a spoiler for later. I have Irishman winning picture and I didn't have it winning anything else. So I kind of just by default give it to Marty. And also he has a great track record with this category, but I'm not confident on it. Dan Bear. Todd Phillips. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in the same boat. I'm preparing myself for the worst. Dan, I will never forget last year's Globes. We watched it together and the look on our faces when Bohemian Green Book won the evening. Uh, 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 Why not? Why not just have another night of this, you know? Yeah, it's it's happening. Lauren, you think so, too? Yeah, like it's I want to be smart and I want to be like, I love cinema and do bong or Marty or Quentin, but it's the Globes. They like to mind fuck us. So they're going to mind fuck us with the clown. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's happening. I'm aware of it. I'm embracing the destruction. So, yeah. Dear God. It's the island. It's not a fun place to be. <laughs> Josh Parham. Uh, well, first of all, I'm going to say that if Todd Phillips wins this, I might resign from MVP. I <laughs> no, Josh, I could, no. I don't think I could take that. Um, yeah, have it recorded. <laughs> Josh, no. <laughs> I, I, that, I don't know. We'll but, Josh, 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 hold on, hold on. Remember <laughs> something. It's the Globes. It's not the Oscars, okay? Calm down. It's a joke. It's a joke. Um, but really, when I look at this category – my initial thought was Martin Scorsese because he has such a great track record with the Globes here. But I do look at Bong Joon-ho and that does feel like something that they could go for. They're much more willing to embrace uh, foreign language films in this category also. And but then Batman. <laughs> I think I'm going to stick with Scorsese, but I'm... Uh, I don't know. I look at Bong and I feel like that's a really, really smart choice too. But for right now, I'm going to stick with Martin Scorsese. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going with Bong Joon-ho. I, you know, I listen, I, I wish I could stand here and say something smart right now, though, and make it sound logical. But honestly, any one of these people uh, winning is, I think, logical reasoning, maybe except for Phillips. But hey, listen. Don't ever underestimate the ability of award season to mind fuck you. And that is exactly what would happen here, I think, if that were to, uh, you know, come true. Unless we forget that movie fucking won Venice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. I've been hearing rumblings lately that Joker is poised to do extremely well at the BAFTAs. Europeans fucking love it. <laughs> it might be an international thing. We've seen we've seen lately um, a divide uh, with international films uh, and the Oscars in recent years. Um, I'm sorry, international uh, awards voting bodies, and then you know with the Oscars. So, but I I do feel like this is a great way to in, if Parasite's really going to pull a Roma this year, and I well. You know, what do you mean lose Best Picture? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. It, you know what I mean. If if Parasite really is this year's Roma, uh, we could be in for what we saw last year with uh, Quaron winning foreign language film and director. But Ong Joon Ho could follow a similar uh, trajectory here. So, I'll I'll stick with uh, Bong for now. You, you know what, Matt? I'm switching to Bong. I am. okay. All See, right. that would all make sense. But then it's the Globes, and then there's yeah. a clown. So it's Philip. <laughs> what, what did uh, Adrian Brody said? You know, like in life, when you have those moments where everything makes sense, this is not one of those times. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Uh, best motion picture, musical, or comedy? Dolomite is my name, Jojo Rabbit, Knives Out, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Rocket Man. I mean, are we all saying Hollywood? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but... Bet against the musical in the comedy musical category at your peril. Is there like a, you know, trend there? Yeah, it usually, yeah. not always, but usually the musical in the musical or comedy wins. I, I just, but here's the thing, though. Why would I bet against the film that of these nominees have uh, director and screenplay nominations? No, like, I... Totally agree. It's just yeah. this category. They do weird things sometimes. All right. Um, shout out to Nicole Ackman on the Lonely Island for Jojo Rabbit. I would love see to see that. it happen. I it's so I, I, could see it. I could see it. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, think back to that TIFF audience win, you know? Hey, remember mm. in 2014 when Birdman lost to Grand Budapest Hotel? That would be a similar situation. Yeah, I agree. And Birdman is a movie about the industry as much as Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if JoJo had like maybe a screenplay nomination, yeah. I would give it a yeah. little bit more weight to right. that. I but think it needs yeah. a little if bit anything, more almost I think to get behind it. Mm. Yeah. If anything, I almost think Knives Out would be more likely than JoJo just based on nominations. I don't know. That would be freaking awesome. I would love that <laughs> so much. Oh my god, that would be so cool. Yeah, Hollywood all the way. Yeah. Best motion picture drama, 1917, The Irishman, Joker, Marriage Story, The Two Popes. Michael. Send in the clowns. <laughs> oh, my God. Casey. I'm picking Irishman even though I know it's Joker because sometimes you just have to hope for the best. <laughs> Dan Bear. It's, it's the fucking clown. <laughs> <laughs> God. Oh, man. Lauren. Again, my theme for the night is watch out for the clown. I'm on the island. I'm, again, I'm embracing it. I'm having a cocktail. I'm getting a tan. It's fun. Oh, my I'm Lord. I'll be tweeting all about it. So, yeah, embrace the clown. Watch out for him. I've given up drinking for this month, but this might be the thing that breaks me five days in. <laughs> uh, Josh Parm. Uh, I am going to say the Irishman, but I am very much prepared for Joker to win. I do have it in number two right now, but I am going to say Irishman. So here is my uh, big dilemma here really quick. I originally did say Joker on our predictions when they went up on the website. Um, I am going back and forth between that and Irishman because a part of me – a part of me realizes that the Globes have tend to go with the film that – uh, film Twitter absolutely hates, but they don't care, and the industry just doesn't care. And a lot of the similarities I've been seeing lately with like things like Green Book and Three Billboards, and potentially now with Joker, is that this is like really uh, something that might be uh, like I don't want to say like an American thing, but it just seems like foreign audiences just don't seem to have the same problems with these movies that American audiences do. Plain and simple. With that said, um, I don't have Netflix winning anywhere, and that feels very wrong to me. So I think I'm going to switch my pick back over to The Irishman um, and just spread out my, you know, my chances here, you know? It makes sense. Right? Like, because guys, honestly, with Netflix getting the most nominations of any studio, can you see it in a scenario like walking away empty handed? Don't you have Netflix mm-hmm. running on the TV for, side? 
Oh, yeah, I, I suppose. I was thinking more on the film side of things, but yeah. Just watches the two popes. You know what? I'm going to... I'm. I'm going to switch back to Irishman. Uh, yeah, I'm going to switch back to Irishman. Although there is a part of me that would be so tickled and just laugh out loud, hysterically uh, amused if uh, Joker won. And then we have to just, you know, start talking about a potentially winning best picture. I mean, I've already <laughs> mentally prepared for best picture. It's, it's definitely not going to do that. But, you know, expect a 10 nomination morning next week. Yeah. Could get him. Absolutely. Yeah, I actually say that if Joker does win this, I think that's actually good news for Hollywood. Yeah, probably. Really? Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. All right, so that's our Golden Globe predictions. Feel free to make fun of us if you're listening to this on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday. You know, we'll yeah, see uh, what what ends up happening there. Uh, very quick, taking a quick break here. Uh, we asked the uh, MVP uh, film community last week uh, what was their favorite film of the decade. Uh, we have a pretty pretty long list here. I'm not going to you know bore you all with uh, the amount of movies that ended up winning uh, or sorry placing on this list here, but I will uh, just name a few really fast. Uh, we have. I'll, I'll say the top 10. I'll say the top 10. I'll post a longer list at a later time on social media, but these were the top 10 movies uh, voted by the MVP film community as the best of the decade. Number 10 is Lady Bird. Yay. Oh, that yeah. makes me feel happy. Number nine is Arrival. Uh, number eight is Inception. Number seven is Moonlight. Number six is Whiplash. Number five is Mad Max Fury Road. Number four is Her. Oh, I love her. Mm, me too. Number three is La La Land. Yay. Number two. Guys, crazy. Number two is Parasite. Yes. And number one is The Social Network. That was uh, what I was going to predict. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get it. Sorry. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> I don't get La La Land. I saw that coming from the time you said 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so then for this week, um, well, actually, before I get to that, uh, I want to just say for the record that MVP film community uh, ballots for best of the decade will be going out, uh, so people will be able to vote on individual categories for their own lists. Um, Dates for that to be announced, I will figure all that out later. Obviously, we're in a very hectic period right now, but that will be revealed sometime after the Oscars, just to kind of give us something to, you know, do in the uh, aftermath of the following weeks when we enter that, like, lull period. It'll, it'll be fun to look back and reflect on, you know, the film year of a decade, you know, once it's really, truly all behind us at that point. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, and then for this week's poll, we are asking everybody, uh, which movie contains your favorite long shot? So this could be like a tracking shot. It could be, uh, you know, a still shot that just holds on to an actor's performance for a few minutes at a time. I mean, there's a lot of things listed here. I tried to select from everything I possibly could think of. So this is, of course, for 1917. So that is on the list. You know, then I also have like Birdman, Children of Men, Creed, Gravity, Goodfellas, um, Old Boy, uh, The Player, you know, Rope, uh, The Secret in Their Eyes, Snake Eyes, you know, uh, I don't know, Thunder Road, I even threw on here. (laughs) Uh, Victoria, Touch of Evil, you know, do you guys like long shots? You know, is there yes. any are there any ones that really stick out to you? I I really I when every whenever you someone mentions Secret in Their Eyes, I'm like, oh yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah, that opening shot is incredible. Yeah, um, yeah um, I I have a very like 
complicated relationship with long shots. I think that they can be very like aesthetically pleasing, but I feel like so many of them don't really have a narrative purpose to them. They just want to kind of show off the technical skill and that's fine, but I kind of feel like that's all they're doing. But I think that the long take in Goodfellas is not only impressive, but it works so well for what is happening in the story in that moment and the themes of that movie. And I think that to me is always the one that sticks out in my mind first. Okay. And mine, I also love the one in Kill Bill Volume 1 in the restaurant. Yes. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. So every time I watch that, I will just like... Even if I'm with I friends or with my movie. family, we could be talking. And then as soon as that sequence comes, everyone is silent. We're just listening to the music. We're watching the film. It's a fantastic shot. I love that one. Nice. I have a soft, <clears throat> I have a soft spot for the opening of Boogie Nights. Yeah, mm. I was going to mention that, too. Love that. Yeah, I, I, I love the, the PTA uh, ripoffs of Scorsese and Altman. And mm-hmm. it, it's fantastic. Yeah. I wish I wish that uh, more directors would do shots like that nowadays. I, 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 I kind of miss them. Uh, but then again, I just kind of got by, you know, my uh, cravings worth with 1917, I feel like, for the rest of the year. So you've been fed. Absolutely. So head on over to the polls page, nextbestpicture.com. Cast a vote over there for what is your favorite uh, long shot in the history of cinema and let us know what you think there. There's even a write in option in case if uh, the choice is not listed. Hey, everyone. I'm Aaron. And I'm Patrick. And together we host the Feelin' Film Podcast a show that focuses more on the emotional takeaway from a movie experience rather than its technical merit. Yes, sir. Talking about what we love about film and focusing less on the critical side of things makes for a very entertaining and enjoyable discussion. New episodes drop every Monday morning, and you can catch them on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and many other podcasting networks. You can also find out more about the show at feelinfilm.com. In the meantime, as we say on the show, stay positive. And keep feeling film. Uh, moving over now to uh, some other stuff with award season really quick. I want to just briefly just touch upon BAFTA. You know, I mentioned before that I do think Joker is going to do extremely well at the BAFTAs this week uh, when the nominations are revealed. Uh, what is another film that we think that BAFTA will sh- get like give a boost to, if you will? Two popes. Um, yeah, I, I would say two popes. I don't know if it's going to get in for like best picture, but I could see that showing up in a lot more like below the line categories at best. And I could see it both um, Hopkins and Price showing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, Rockin' Man uh, could show up very heavily in the tech mm-hmm. awards as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's going to have anything in Oscar night or Oscar nomination morning, but I think Wild Rose is going to do really good with the BAFTAs. Oh, that would be yeah, nice. good, good call. Yeah. So I would, I would bet on that one. You know, I, I also have to say, too, considering how much it has underperformed so far, but, you know, this is really the last shot for this, like, buzz to really materialize. I really mm-hmm. do think that Little Women will probably have its best showing along with uh, Critics' yeah. Choice here at BAFTA, probably. Because I think also it, especially, like, I'm, for those actresses, or one, most of them are British or Irish, um, but also, like, Saoirse and Florence, like, have done well here before and I just I I think that it they they like a period piece even if it's not the traditional period piece that they're used to I think that I just think that it premiering late is the big factor and I think that this will I think give it the big boost hopefully I don't anticipate seeing uh let me just say this really quick about best actor really fast I went back uh, over the last like 10 11 years or so 
And I looked back at um, the best actor trajectory of somebody getting a nomination um, at, you know, the Oscars, who we all figured was underperforming and just not doing that well. And what I kind of like realized was I, you know, looking at like Javier Bardem for Beautiful, who only showed up at BAFTA, then got a corresponding Oscar nomination, or Gary Oldman for um, uh, Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy, same thing. I would, if you're trying to figure out your best actor lineup right now, and believe me, it's extremely hard, I would pay very close attention to who gets a BAFTA nomination. And the one person I would be on the lookout for more than anyone in that instance would be Robert De Niro for The Irishman. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. If he shows up at BAFTA, I would definitely predict him in your Oscar uh, lineup at that point. If he doesn't show up, I would say leave him out and... Go with whatever it is you're going with, but I like just be very consciously aware of that whoever lands at BAFTA, I think is looking pretty good, possibly for a nomination. Yeah, I, I could see that, especially with De Niro. There's been places where people have kind of made excuses for his previous misses, like you know the Globes. They don't really like him that much, and at SAG, he was doing the Lifetime Achievement, so maybe they felt covered, but. BAFTA, there's like none of that baggage. So if he doesn't make this lineup, I think that it would be very concerning. Yeah, exactly. I'd be more than a little concerned, you know, for (laughs) De Niro at that point. Uh, Now, let me ask you guys this, because honestly, we've been talking about it. I just want to know what you guys think. Is Adam Sandler getting a BAFTA nomination? No. 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 I love him so much. He's so good at it, but that's not a BAFTA movie. Yeah. Yeah. So we think Price and Egerton are getting in there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know about price. I mean, Bale is also there too. Yeah, yo, Bale's the one we got to watch out for. I Seriously, uh, everybody loves him. I mean, he would have Golden Globe, SAG, and BAFTA if he gets in. And BAFTA is probably the easiest one he could get into. Yeah. <laughs> what about Banderas for Pain and Glory? I think he's oh, I definitely think very BAFTA. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's he's in. I actually think that Almodovar could sneak into their director lineup. Oh, yeah, that's something else, too. Uh, mm. Their director lineup, someone big is going to miss there. Yeah. yeah. That's every single time we talk about best director. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, with BAFTA especially, there have been instances in the past where uh, someone that, you, you know, is like a mainstay throughout the whole season. Or, um, for example, do you guys remember, like, um, this is going way, way back, but this one just came to mind. I think Tarantino got a director nomination for Bastards, but the film missed a picture nomination, if I remember correctly. You know, things like that, uh, because they only have five slots for best picture. Yeah. Mm. Plus, if there's somebody that shows up out of nowhere there, that that could lead into Oscar a la Palachowski last year. So mm-hmm. things can happen. I think that BAFTA's director lineup is definitely something to look at. Yeah, for I definitely after, think so. Going back to that for a second, mm-hmm. I'm going to say Joaquin, Adam Driver, Antonio, Taron, and Christian. So I have... De Niro, Price, and DiCaprio missing. Th- that's a good lineup. Is that the SAG five? No, he's got Antonio. Uh, yeah. No, Bandera. No. Oh, sorry. Yes, oh, yeah, yes. that's right. Bandera. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I look at Bale and think the SAG five. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so take out DiCaprio, add Banderas. Yeah, that's a good lineup. And I do think Leo will get the Oscar nomination, but this will keep everyone on edge for a couple days. Yeah. Do we think Jennifer Lopez gets a BAFTA nomination? No. Mm, no. Hmm, that's a good question. Let's see. Laura Dern. I think Florence Pugh definitely gets in a BAFTA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. See, I don't think they're going to go for Little Women as much as a lot of other people think because it's very much an American period piece. It's not the British thing. And even though Florence Pugh is 
you know, I don't want to say British royalty just yet because she's only 23, but <laughs> she's had a great year. Mm-hmm. I know we talked about this very briefly when it first premiered, and I'm just really curious to know what you guys think in terms of like how well a British film could be embraced. Do you guys think George Mackay could surprise in Best Actor for 1917? Absolutely. No, I don't think so. I think that it, category, he could. It, it's he not could. going to. It's way could. too crowded in that category. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you go back uh, to J-Lo, I do think she's going to get in BAFTA. Okay. Yeah. You were, you were just like looking at the lineup and the other contenders? Yeah, I, I think it's the only place the movie's going to show up, just like Oscar. But she's an international star. And then when it comes to supporting actor, uh, it's amazing how fluid this felt early on in the season and how it's kind of like really honed in on just a very, very small list of uh, people. I definitely do not think Song Kang-ho gets in uh, at BAFTA. Really? I don't think Jamie Foxx gets in either. I actually think well, the last two slots get in. <laughs> oh, you do? No, I said we know why we. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fox isn't going to get in. Yeah, I, I didn't want to be that obvious, but well, they make it obvious. <laughs> I hear you. Um, I, I think Anthony Hopkins will definitely get in, and mm. I, I'm a little curious on Tom Hanks for a Beautiful Day. You know what I say? Anthony Hopkins and Willem Dafoe. Whoa, Michael, do not do this to me. <laughs> Do not do this to me. I was thinking that too. Michael, I cannot handle that. <laughs> no, because if it does happen, then I have to go back. I have to go back and I have to consider the possibility. Do you have any idea what that'll do to me, Michael? Mentally? <laughs> I might have a physical reaction. I don't know. Michael, you need to call the Baptists themselves personally and make sure Willem Dafoe is not nominated for Matt. Yeah, I, I have to call Mr. BAFTA himself. Yes. I, I can't. I just can't. Okay. Moving away from BAFTA, we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. WGA nominations are going to be announced this week. Uh, we know that some films are disqualified. We know that they're not going to get in. Uh, what are we thinking here? Um, you know, let's start off with original screenplay, I guess. Uh, we know Once Upon a Time in Hollywood will not show up. And also with original, I think Two Popes at WGA is in this category. Yeah, Correct. It is. Yeah. it is. So you have Marriage Story, uh, Two Popes. Knives Out. What else? Parasite. 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 Yeah. So Parasite, and then what's the last slot? Because isn't the Farewell not eligible? Farewell's eligible. I have Ford v. Ferrari. That Yeah, I think Ford v. Ferrari is the right call. Uh, uh, well, what if Bombshell made it? I, I have that as a contender. Mm-hmm. But I think just given the guild strength that 4v Ferrari has shown so far and adding in all of the other disqualifications from WGA, it just seems like that makes sense to me. Yeah, I'll go with that. Uh, anybody else want to say anything different before we move on? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. All right, let's move over to adapted screenplay. Uh, Irishman, Little Women, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, and since Two Popes is not in there, what do we have for that last slot? I got Hustlers. Yeah, I could see that happening. Ooh. I could see that, yeah. I I go back and forth between that and A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, but I think Hustlers makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I really want it to be Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, though. I that's It's so good. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, guys. What about the USC Scripter nomination for Dark Waters? Could that show up here? I thought oh. about that, too. Ooh, it's that in my contender. I could see Dark Water, actually. I'm just hoping that WGA can be a little bit more cool and give it to Hustlers. I agree. I would love to see that happen. I would be ecstatic. Michael, what do you think? You think Dark Waters, Hustlers? You know, 
it's a tough one. I, I think Hustlers so far has just been J-Lo. Yeah. And I'm going to mm-hmm. keep thinking it's that until proven otherwise. But I just don't feel dark waters outside of USC. And we have to remember, I think, that the screenwriter is a USC grad. Mm-hmm. So. No, it's a good point. I, I'm really not sure. It's like this, this is a beautiful day, a complicated then. thing. But that's another one. I don't feel any passion whatsoever behind that movie. I'm trying to think what else is on the table then, if that's the case. The only other thing I can think of is just Mercy, but because that movie has come out so late, it's really hard to judge mm-hmm. where attention is being placed on it. Mm. Yeah, uh, of these other ones, it's... I, I don't know. I'm throwing my hands up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll see what happens there. DGA nominations will be revealed this week. This is a big one. Uh, they don't traditionally, and I expect this year, they will not uh, line up with the Oscar uh, nominations. There's a lot of different ways you can go with this. You can go with um, the five that are like, you know, the presumed five that most people are predicting. You could do an outlier. You could do two outliers. I mean, I I really don't know where to go with this, but I will say that I do believe wholeheartedly that Bong Joon-ho, Martin Scorsese, Tarantino and Sam Mendes are getting in. I agree. Yeah. I think that the outlier, the one who doesn't translate, I think it's going to be Todd Phillips. Yeah, I'm not going to go there quite yet. I am mentally preparing myself for it to happen. <laughs> Same. Um, but I really feel mm-hmm. like like I'm going between him, Bombach, yeah, uh, Gerwig, and, you know, I'll even throw out James Mangold. I don't think it's the realistic possibility, but again, given how well Ford v. Ferrari is done, I think from the DGA, mm-hmm. that would make sense to me. I think it makes perfect sense. I saw that you were uh, predicting him a few days ago, uh, Josh, possibly for the Oscar nomination, too. Yeah, I kind of backed off from that, but I, I just mm-hmm. really have a good feeling about Ford v. Ferrari. Yeah, I think it yeah. landing in DGA makes more sense than in getting the Oscar nomination for director, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm on a very, very cool island right now where I think Josh and Benny Safdie could surprise with a director nomination for Uncut Gems, potentially. Oh, that would be great. Oh, that would be awesome. I would love that. So I have them replacing Todd Phillips right now, but if I'm being completely honest, and I said this the other day on our podcast, uh, I think Sam Mendes is the surprising vulnerable one that in a 2012 like kind of situation where two of the people that you think are like really, really like safe. Uh, I think Sam Mendes could possibly miss. Yeah, I agree with that. Anything is possible. It really is. Um, so, you know, if we're floating around names, uh, Taika Waititi, do we think he's still in it? No, he could I don't think so. I know, but I don't have him in for Oscar at all. Uh, do we think Greta Gerwig shows up at DGA? I think it's more possible. No, yeah, possible I think it is possible, Taika, but I would still say no. Yeah, unfortunately I not. I think it's kind of similar to 2017, where I think there's this narrative of every award show that doesn't nominate a woman is getting shamed. And not to say that then she'll be guilted into a nomination, but like, I don't know. I feel like there's a different feeling in the air than last year. So I don't know. Another thing, too, is that I don't expect like, you know, that cool art house nominee. Like I said, like the Safdies is one of them. I don't anticipate something like Celine Sciamma or uh, Pedro Almodovar cracking into DGA, obviously. That feels like more of a director's branch of the Academy thing. So I would just go with industry favorites at this point for this category. And the ones that make the most sense to me on paper are um, Todd Phillips, because Joker is just a guild monster this year. 
and uh, James Mangold probably for Ford v. Ferrari. I guess just go with the Globes 5. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. And then PGA. Ooh, man. Ten nominees for PGA will be announced this week as well. And... This is interesting. This is fun, I think, because, you know, they tend to, uh, you know, they don't ever really line up with the Oscars. Um, you know, you can get maybe, say, almost all of the nominations, uh, nominees for the Oscars in the PGA lineup, but not all of them. So let's uh, let's tackle this strategically. Parasite, Hollywood, Irishman, Marriage Story, uh, Joker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 1917. Yeah, I'll go with 1917. That's six. Jojo. Jojo, that's seven. And I think this is where... Oh, yeah, Ford v. Ferrari, definitely. That's eight. So now, like, the last two, then. Are we all, like, in agreement on those those eight? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I am. So what do you you guys have for, like, the last two at that point? I'm sorry, did you say Jojo gets in? Yes. Yeah. I don't think that gets in. Ooh. I could see. I think that's... I see Jojo getting in. I, out of those, yes, but I'm also for like my those like the two outliers. I would, right now I'm on Knives Out and Bombshell. Yeah, I remember like there was a whole thing with Bombshell. That's like one of the stories about it is how much they had to work to get it produced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that I could definitely see that happening. I definitely think Knives Out. Yes, I think so too. And I have to go back to see something from last year's list. Give me just a moment here, because that could uh, impact one of my predictions for this year. I think the question for me is, do we think that they go for Avengers Endgame? That's what I was trying to figure out if they mm. nominated last year. And they did I, I'm going to go with no, no for did. that, uh, just because I feel like Joker is the Hollywood blockbuster representation for this year. True. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm going to say Little Women over Bombshell. I agree. I don't have that either. I think it broke out too late. But you don't think it broke out at the right time for the voting for PGA then? or uh, I, I think it, the difference of a week could have made a difference. When did the voting start for PGA? Oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> I think Little Women is a bubble contender at PGA. Like yeah. It could go either way for me. I wouldn't be surprised at either situation because obviously it's been struggling with the guild so far. But now we're getting into the time when the box office news has come out and news are pretty good for it. So it, it might have really um, gotten into a really good moment at this point, but it's hard to say. I, I, you know what? Only because I, I have this, like, really weird... No, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take out both Little Women uh, and Bombshell because I don't know if I can see uh, both... Um, I don't know if I could see both Lionsgate movies making it in there. And Little Women, yeah, it's on the cusp, but I do think it's going to get in at the Oscars. So I'll actually predict to be one of the misses here that doesn't then align with Oscars, and I will actually, I, 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 you know what? I have this feeling it could be Rocket Man. No, Rocket Man. I don't think it was that. a big enough of a hit. But think about its guild showing though, so far. Yeah, but it wasn't a huge hit. Yeah, I would have Knives Out over. Oh, I have not. No, I definitely have Knives Out in. Knives Out to my number nine. I'm just trying so to. It's over. The thing is that okay, because here's the thing: if I have Knives Out at number nine. Uh, then it's like, what, is, what are going to be my predicted Oscar nominations if there is nine? I would probably move out Knives Out and have Little Women in there. Okay, I'm really going to swing for the fence here. Like, okay. This is going to be really crazy, but bear with me. 
I can see it being Little Women. I really want it to be Little Women, but I just have this bad feeling that it's going to miss. And the movie that I think could take its place, bear with me here. You ready? Yeah. Is Us. Oh. Mm. That would be interesting. Ooh, Michael. That would be, actually. I could actually see that. Quiet Place last year. Ooh, Michael. I could see that happening now. Michael, that was good. (laughs) That was good. That is not a bad pick. (laughs) Or, 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 Us, Mm -hmm. or Uncut Gems. I was debating between that and A Farewell. That's another one, but... To be different, yeah. I might just go with us and ride this train out the way that I did uh, Leave No Trace in four Oscar categories mm. last year. <laughs> okay. We'll see. We'll find out what happens. Speaking of A Quiet Place, uh, A Quiet Place Part 2 trailer released this week, and it released on New Year's Day. A lot of us watched it hungover. I'm sure a lot of us watched it again before this podcast with a clear mind. Let's talk about it. Let's uh, give some thoughts on A Quiet Place Part 2. First of all, was this even necessary? Absolutely no. Not. no. <laughs> of course not. How many sequels are necessary? Are we upset that it's happening? I'm because uh, it's feeling a lot Walking Dead-y right now. Yes. Which makes me very nervous because I just loved, I loved the first Quiet Place and how original and unique it was. But now it, I'm very, it's, we're very much into the, you know, the apocalypse, Walking Dead sort of element and i'm not a huge fan of that route because i've just seen it so many times yeah i hated the screenplay by krasinski for a quiet place but i really really did like his direction and considering you know spoiler alert he's not in the uh second one uh he'll probably appear as a flashback or something at some point i'm sure of course but i'm very curious to see uh you know how the movie does with the two uh child actors malicia simmons noah jupe and of course emily blunt 
leading the movie. Uh, so I, I, I'm there's a curiosity factor at play there. I, I like the first one. I didn't really love it. And definitely I've come to like it a little bit less as time has gone on because God help me that screenplay is filled with so many plot holes. Uh, but the world building has me curious, you know, and just uh, where they take the story. And who doesn't want to see Killian Murphy in more shit, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I think that if they were going to do a sequel, it looks like they came up with a good premise for one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's clearly not necessary. And of course, like Hollywood takes something original and fantastic and runs it into the ground. Yeah. But like, you know, they, you know, doing what they can. Of course. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It'll be a fun March movie yeah. experience, yeah. you know, something light and just hopefully some genre thrills, you know? Yeah. Don't yeah, have high expectations. I definitely do not think it's yeah. going to uh, have the same level of success that the first film did in terms of award no. season. But no, no. you could definitely, I think, anticipate it having larger box office probably. Yeah, but it's also sad because I feel like the originality and the uniqueness of it has just been completely sucked out via Hollywood and just yeah. via money, which makes me upset because I really loved the premise and the idea. And I think all three of the main actors, you know, with I think Emily Blunt kills it in this role. I love Noah Jeep, especially after this year. And Maleficent Simmons was amazing in this film, in the first film. I love all those three, but just the fact that we're, I'm seeing something that I've seen hundreds of times and I'm just not wowed anymore. Yeah. I want to just take this opportunity. Uh, yeah. To just oh, remind everyone I predicted Emily Blunt for SAG last year. Uh, thank you. I keep forgetting yep, that that happened. Thank you very much. We come to the end now, people. Uh, we're going to answer some fan questions here. Uh, let's see what the uh, community had to write in this week. I'm sure we probably answered a lot of it uh, during our discussions here. Uh, but let's just take a quick look. I'm sure they sent in some fun stuff for us to uh, talk about. So, okay, Isaiah Washington for Golden Globes. What is the deepest, most unpredictable, most unthinkable snub you can think <laughs> that could possibly happen tonight? Uh, Renee losing, probably, Maybe. Yeah, but we've already talked about how that is a possibility. Uh, yeah. All right, all right. So, all right, what do we not talk about? Oh, oh, oh well, I know. I guess Hollywood lose. No, but we did talk about that. Honestly, I think Brad Pitt losing supporting actor would be pretty Yeah, shocking. that'd be yeah. shocking. That'd yeah. be pretty shocking to me. I think even more shocking would be, I don't, I'm not predicting it, God, no, but if Phoenix somehow lost Best Actor... Like, just something weird, like Jonathan Price or something. That would be... Yeah. I agree with that. If it was to anyone else other than Adam, yes. Yeah, it would be like, what? Like, that would be a full Aaron Taylor Johnson moment. Like, a, what? Me <laughs> <laughs> for supporting actress. I mean, I know... I, I'm on J-Lo's right now, but I still see Dern can get it, but I would be shocked if anyone else but Dern or J-Lo wins, even though I did love Margot Robbie and Bombshell. Imagine if it was Kathy Bates. That would just freak me out. <laughs> oh, Lord. She would take a moment at the mic to uh, tell everyone, I hope you all voted for Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix tonight. <laughs> God. That's a way down. Uh, Terry Plucknet asks, what is something that could happen tonight at the Golden Globes that would drastically change the outlook of what could happen at the Oscars? Renee losing. If Antonio Banderas won. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or what about. What about if Parasite sweeps? Oh, director, screenplay, foreign. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be big. If that happened and then if it won SAG Ensemble in two weeks, it's over. 
I agree wholeheartedly. Oh, that's oh, an, yeah. that's the slum dog Argo. Like that, yes, that is that is it. <laughs> Logan Van Winkle asks, in terms of picture director and the four acting races, what do you see as the worst timeline scenario? <laughs> Well, I think you already have my answer. Yeah. <laughs> Joker. <laughs> it's winning. Come to the island. Especially the, Globes. I think that's the yeah, place just, where we're all yeah. like, this is where this is just going to happen. Yeah. I tweeted about this the other day, and I am starting to think that this is a real possibility. And it has nothing to do with the Globes, but there is a world, guys, where Joker wins the PGA. Oh, yeah. So hold on to your butts. <laughs> Hey. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it here for uh, questions. Everything else we answered already on the uh, on the discussion. So thank you, everyone, for submitting those. Uh, to end things with this uh, episode, Oscar voting is going on for another two more days. Michael, I'm going to pass it off to you. Do you have, for anyone that's listening this deep into the episode that might be a voter, do you have an FYC? Do you have anything that you want to give a shout out to for someone to consider? I would like to just say Little Women across the board, not just in the acting categories or screenplay, but I would really like to see it get in for cinematography, film editing, especially Best Picture and Best Director. I think you can nominate that in pretty much any category and not go wrong. Uh, Adam Sandler and Uncut Gems, I would love to see. Oh, yeah, we're keeping it to one. We're keeping it to one. Oh, okay, <laughs> so, yeah, Little Women is the primary. Okay, all righty. Casey, what about you? Hey, guys. Uh, to the best director, are you tired of seeing the same men, the same guys <laughs> nominated everywhere? And even though, even if it ended up being all men and one of those happened to be the Safdie brothers, I would be delighted. It's been a great year for women behind the camera, and I would love for there to be more than one nominated, but the best shot right now is Greta Gerwig and my, for my favorite movie of the year, Little Women. I'm just going to put that out there. All right. Dan? Look, there are a lot of very showy movies that came out this year, and I get the um, the impulse to reward the directors who used a lot of flash and all that kind of thing, but I don't think there is a director who made consistently as strong choices throughout their film this year as did Marielle Heller for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. And it's subtle direction, but it is so, so strong. And it's the kind of humanist movie that we need more of done this well. I mean, to have that this movie come out and not be a treacly mess is a a big feat and that is largely because of how well she handles tone and how perfectly she judges her shot compositions and i don't think there's anyone who deserves a best director nomination more this year okay lauren okay guys we're gonna talk about cinematography (laughs) it's great Increase that volume. I need you guys to listen. So, we know that there's the classic five. I know, Deacons. He's great. We all know that. He has something. He should have more than one, but he has something. I get it. 
The Lighthouse is awesome, too. Mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time is great, too. The Irishman, it's beautiful. But as my friend Casey said, it's been a great year for women in film, in front and behind the camera. And I think Natasha Breyer, who was the amazing director of photography of Honey Boy, shot the shit out of that movie. Mm-hmm. It is gorgeous. It is intimate. It's a little noiry. It's perfect. It's warm, yet cold. It's intimate, yet distant. It makes you feel things. And I think that is one of the best performances behind the camera I've seen this year. So I get it. We love our boys. We love Deacons. We love our usual cinematographers. But let's spice it up a little bit. And let's get Honey Boy in there. All right. Josh Parr. Well, Originally, I was going to uh, appeal to the director's branch also, but I think I'm going to do something different because we've got a lot of mentions for it already. And I want to mention a performance this year that I really, really was taken with that surprisingly just hasn't gotten the traction that I thought it would. And that is Octavia Spencer and Luce. Wow. Yes. And I find yes. it so ironic that probably what is her best performance is the one that hasn't gotten any traction from an mm-hmm. actress who has seemed to have had a pretty pretty easy road getting nominations in the past. And mm-hmm. I think this performance is so interesting and it's so layered and she handles all of that just so, so well. And every scene that she's in is just astounding. I really do consider it to be one of the best performances of the year and a really interesting and um, a movie that I really responded to as well. And I love her work and I would really sing the praises for her and just really advocate for her nomination. Seconded. Mm -hmm. I love you, Josh. (laughs) Uh, My plea goes out to... Hashtag let's go Defoe. (laughs) I think that The Lighthouse is one of those movies that there seems to be always one every year where it's too dark for the Academy. It's too weird for the Academy. It's too out there. Uh, But I'm going to keep on banging the drum all the time for those out there picks, you know, and I feel that A24, God bless them. I want to see them continue to do well in the award season race for championing uh, movies like this and movies that really are a challenging yet unique experience for uh, viewers. And, you know, coming off of two back-to-back nominations for The Florida Project and then for At Eternity's Gate the last two years, it's very, very clear that they love him and they want to give give one to him at some point, which is why, Michael, if he does show up at BAFTA, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. But <laughs> listen, I, I, I hope it does happen. For me, uh, along with another performance, which I won't say here only because I'm only speaking to one thing, um, you know, in this category for Best Supporting Actor, um, I, I, I just feel like our head and shoulders above uh, the rest of the work that I saw this year from everybody else. Uh, it's it's pretty amazing to me that uh, this performance is not being considered uh, up there. And kind of just tying into that just a little bit more as well, um, there is a another performance in the lead actress category that's also challenging and also uh, in a genre film that uh, could break through this year. But that, that's like the whole point of like my plea is to just consider the artistically well-made, daring, challenging art house films that are opening up our eyes to what is possible in cinema. That's really, I feel like every year when I, you know, champion someone like a Tony Collette Hereditary or this year with Willem Dafoe in The Lighthouse. That's what I'm like 
hoping that people will do. <laughs> so please, for the love of God, do something like that. Just I don't he doesn't have to win. Just get him in there. I'll, I'll be very happy. You know, the win we'll focus on later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. So thank you so much for listening to episode 175 of the Next Best Picture podcast. Michael, where can I find you on the Internet? You can find me on Twitter at mschwartz95. Casey Lee Clark. You can find me on Twitter at Casey Lee Clark. Dan Bear. You can find me on Twitter at Dan on film. Lauren LaMagna. You can find me on the Twitter at Lauren LaMango. And Josh Parham. And I am on Twitter at J.R. Parham. You know where to find me, people. Next Best Picture. I'll be live tweeting the Golden Globes tonight. Should be a lot of fun. And also, too, uh, very quickly, I wanted to say I'll be heading to L.A. uh, next weekend for the first time ever in my life for the uh, Critics' Choice Awards. So I'm very, very much looking forward to uh, that experience as well. It's going to be a fun couple of days here at, uh, you know, Next Best Picture award season in general. Uh, we want to just say thank you very much for uh, being with us on the journey. We hope you guys are having fun. Try not to kill each other based on who wins tonight. Remember, that's not what's important. It's about the friends you made along the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let's not destroy those friendships with, uh, you know, what ultimately goes down at these award shows. Let's try to remember to have fun. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate that level of feedback as well as your support, which you can provide over a patreon for one dollar minimum a month you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us including uh some immediate reactions this month to the shows i mean we'll definitely talk about the shows on our weekly uh podcast that we do every sunday here but uh for those quick immediate oh my god that just happened reactions after the show that is our exclusive uh podcast to all of you uh for this month so if you want to get uh those thoughts and those analysis and reactions from us right after the show ends head on over to patreon and subscribe thank you so much for listening as always and we shall see you all next time